you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Dave Damashek Football Program, available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Well, hi and hello, and welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program, everybody. We are coming at you from the Twin Cities, one of the two Twin Cities, here in uh, Super Bowl 52 week alongside Let's say hello to him now. Are we going to put his music in? Are we, uh, since we're remote, we're going to do it? Here he is, everybody. You know him from the Jacksonville Jaguars, from the UCLA Bruins, the Oakland Raiders. He's the radio voice of the Los Angeles Rams. It's our old pal, Maurice Jones-Drew. Straight out of Oakland. That's where he's born and grown. Drafted by the Jaguars. Addicted to the end zone. Now he's on with yeah, that's his new home. So call him Maurice. We all call him MJD. 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 Hello, Maurice. How are you? Welcome to the Twin Cities. You know, check. This isn't the the first time I've been here. I actually came earlier this season. Oh yeah, you came up with the Rams yep. and and the Vikes whipped them. That's rear view mirror stuff. We thought one yeah. of those two teams might get here. I thought thought they had a shot, and then uh, I actually came the year before with the Rams as well um, in the preseason. So I've been here a couple times. Yeah, and how does uh, well? Let's get well, first of all. We have Alex Smith coming up in a little bit. We're gonna try to figure out in my uh, in my ongoing bet with uh, Handsome Hank and Matt Money Smith. I say ten quarterbacks. I say ten teams, Maurice. Yes, will change quarterbacks between. Well, the 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 measure is difficult to figure out. I say it was the start of 2017 to the start of 2018. And Alex Smith is a major chip in that equation. I, Alex Smith is I not going is. to be with the Chiefs. Now, he might be with your team. And let's start there before we jump in. Everybody's talking about the Patriots and the Eagles and who's going to win that. Everybody's right. doing that breakdown. I don't need to do that. Maybe we'll dip our, our, toe into, our toes into those waters a little bit here. But I want to talk about the other stuff going on as well here, what's going on in the Twin Cities. By the way, isn't it weird? Why did, who, who decided that – Hey, look, there's some people here in this place, Minneapolis, but well, well, but we're in St. Paul. How come nobody ever decided, well, let's just make it one big city? Nope, let's be the Twin Cities. That's a weird thing, isn't it? I mean, you got to they're, they're trying to accommodate everyone. And, but why? Why well, that, well, that's what I was going to say. Thing. In life, you can't do that. You can't make everyone happy. That's what I've come to realize. That's why I'm a Jags fan. No disrespect I, to everyone else out there, you know, but uh, <laughs> it is what it is. And then that's why I'm a Rams fan. You know, no disrespect to everyone else out there, and that's why I'm a Raiders fan. That really – see, you're the kind of person that allows Minneapolis and uh, St. Paul to exist because yeah. you think it's okay to root for the Jags and the Rams and the Raiders, and I'm it here is. to tell you it's, you know, it's beneath you, but all right. No, it is. I, I feel like, you know, if you're getting compensated by those organizations at one point in your life, you should. Let's start here. I'll ask him. 
But first I ask you, Jacksonville Jaguars, Alex Smith, how say you? I think it would be a great fit. And, you know, I'm going to go on board saying this, and I know it's going to be out there, but I feel like if Alex Smith is a quarterback, the Jags may go 16-0 and next year. <laughs> 16 and 0. How much of an upgrade do you think Alex Smith is from Blake? Well, the, the biggest thing with Alex Smith is he doesn't turn the ball over. Yeah. And if you watched the the only game they lost was the AFC Championship game that they didn't turn the ball over. Every other game they were like it was like 9 and 0 or 10 and 0 at that point. So, uh, if you have a guy that can take care of the football and they you got to remember they're going to get Allen Robinson back. Mm-hmm. They're going to get uh D.D. Westbrook will be healthier than what he was this year. He's playing uh, coming off of a core surgery. Uh, depending on who they – maybe Marquise Lee they pay and they let Hearns go, or maybe they let Lee go and they pay Hearns – or they keep Hearns. Um, but I think he'll have enough weapons on the outside that he didn't have in Kansas City, uh, as well as them probably uh, probably going to go draft a tight end or yeah, pick up well, a tight end as well. You know, that is that is right. The the Jacks – although this is the time of year – where everybody who just took a devastating postseason loss is already now within the the building, and then to the fans are like, "Oh, we have nothing to worry about. We'll be back. Don't worry." But the future's bright, Minnesota Vikings fans, uh, L.A. Rams fans, Jacksonville Jags fans, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, and beyond. But but the reality, the the stark reality is, and by the way, the no jive policy does extend to here as in, it uh, should in the Hilton. Uh, we're in an executive. What do you call this room? Boardroom. Uh, VP. It's called Boardroom 2. Boardroom 2 is where so, we're coming at you from. Yep. Pretty at, swanky. In downtown Minneapolis. And a, by the way, we're the hipsters. They would love this. I know. This would we be do very need hipsterish. To, you know what we need, though, Maurice? We need to hit the streets and uh, mix with the people, the good people of, uh, of the Twin Cities. The one thing about these streets is cold out there. You don't like it. These streets are cold. It's I'm, nice. Uh, Doesn't it feel good? No. I'm I'm in heaven with it. I think it really. I, you know, it's, listen. You know, you're from Pittsburgh, but I, actually, you you all are from the East Coast. I was in Pittsburgh with my boys, and it was zero degrees outside. There's there's no way that any human being should want to live in that. Now, listen, live in it for the. I I, I you know since I have uh, been in L.A., it took me about five years to realize this. But there's some great. Um, rationalization going on with the vast majority of Americans in the continental U.S. where there are all these, like I always say about the, these these rationalizations you need to live in a place that is frigid nine months out of the year, which is, you know, half the country probably. You have to conjure these things like, I could never live in L.A. Everybody's a phony out there. Like, everybody's a phony. Everybody, the entire hey. city, second biggest city in America. Is that, everybody's a phony out there. I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I think everybody in L.A. is trying to get uh, – it's like the crab effect. With the, You know, have you see put crabs in a, a box or a, like a, a bucket, mm-hmm. and they try to climb up, and they're pulling each other's down to get up? That's L.A. That's No no question. Oh, stop. But, that's really like that, as opposed to anything out, anywhere but, else. Everybody's – let me tell you something. 94% of uh, the population is jerk. You know, everybody's a jerk. Hey, L.A. Listen, is much, much different. I'd rather be with 94% of the population being jerks and it'd be 75 degrees outside every day than to <laughs> live with, right. with the great people in Minneapolis, the great people of, of Minnesota, and it'd be negative six with the wind chill of negative 40 or something. Like, I, I'm okay with that. I'm here's cool. A, like, here's, I an, here's rationalization number two you hear from people who live in the cold. 
I couldn't live where it's warm every day because I would never get any work done. I would just be outside all the time. I bet you would when the uh, when the bill comes for uh, for rent or the mortgage. Well, I bet the, you would get a job. That's the key. Like that. That's why it's so the the rent is so high there. If it was uh, like the rent in Nebraska, yeah, you wouldn't be doing anything. You'd be like, oh, hey, whatever. But the rent's so high in LA that you have to go out and work. And then most people work outside anyways, right? In LA, so it, I don't know. I just. Just coming up here, I've been up here a couple times. Uh, it's funny, my cousin uh, who comes to every Super Bowl with me, uh, he, he had some, some issues. He's like, I don't know if I can go this year. And I'm like, why? What's going on? I'm like, what's wrong? Like, what? you don't have the money? What's the deal? He goes, no, it has nothing to do with the money. He's like, I just looked at the weather report. It's negative. I don't, I don't want to go to that. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. Like, I will listen. For a finite stretch, I think it's terrific. It's like a pseudo vacation to come and feel this chilly air. I, I I really do enjoy it, and the people so far I enjoy even more. You would think that you you know as uh, as they're portrayed in movies and beyond, the people of Minnesota all lovely so far. Oh, great people! Yeah. I, I think it, I mean, first of all, you have to have fun out here. You have to enjoy this. Um, and I think we're going to walk around here. The next. Heavy beers. We're going to eat some uh, encased meats. Oh, yeah. They got a Fogo de Chao down there. Oh, they no, have... we're not going to Fogo de Chao. We could go to that in L.A. Why would we go that? Uh, it's here? right down the street. I, I mean, know. You go to a nice local joint. I, I'm not a big local fan because they eat. I, I just don't know how they cook their meat. What do you think? I'm like I'm like a McDonald's kind of guy. Like number one is always number one everywhere I go. I have You're a one of those stomach. guys. I don't yeah, like that. I have a real sensitive stomach. If you don't remember, I know. My but stomach <laughs> is very sensitive. <laughs> well, that's how how they cook their meat. So you're one of those people. So if you were in Paris, you would go to Cheesecake Factory. No question. <laughs> no, I I went to Hawaii. Great story. Then we got to get back to talking football and Alex Smith. But I went to Hawaii with my wife. Uh, we were, uh, Fred Taylor just made the Pro Bowl and he flew us all out, which was, it was, it was awesome. And so we were hanging out with everyone, having a good time. And, uh, what a thing. Fred Taylor flew you and your wife out? Yeah. Fred Fred was, Fred has been awesome. And so, um, she wanted to go to the top of Waikiki, right? And it's this fancy restaurant and it spins 360 degrees. You can see all of Waikiki. So we get up there and I'm like, uh, I'll get this seafood pasta. You know, you can't mess that up. No, right you're on an island. Yeah, yeah, they, where this perfect. They're real island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to. Be, they brought out and the seafood pasta. Now people just hold down because this, this this is where it gets crazy. So it was like a sixty dollar meal. So I was like, oh, so this must be like a big bowl type of thing. You know, they brought out three raviolis. They brought out three <laughs> whatever vegetables it was and three shrimp, and that was their seafood pasta for sixty bucks. And I looked at the guy and I was like. I can't eat this. He goes, what's wrong? I was like, I just can't see myself paying 60 bucks for something that that is worth <laughs> like three bucks. And then he goes, well, you're paying for the view. I go, the, the view's not that good. It's dark outside. Like, <laughs> like it's not, well, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what you, kind on you for going to the restaurant. At so night no, night. so my, I let my wife finish eating. She enjoyed it. Then I just went downstairs and got Popeye's. <laughs> Perfectly fine with me. So, so the guy took the ravioli, the he three ravioli. Yeah, he took, he took it back. All right, and I, didn't charge me for it. <laughs> I like, I like the principle that I can't begin because this wouldn't satiate. So, I'm why, why even? Uh, yeah, there's no it. reason for me to even dive into that. <laughs> That's a bold move. So, back to Alex Smith. All right, though. back Alex. to Alex Smith. I think Alex Smith, what he would be able to bring, one is a, a 
He's a guy who – and I think they still keep Blake Bortles. I think you bring him in to compete. Well, that's the point. I, You know, as we marry this up with the AFC title game to visit that uh, sorrowful occasion in your heart, um, what would Alex Smith do that Blake Bortles didn't do in that game? Well, I think, one, uh, there were some passes that Blake missed. Uh, there was, a, like, a couple passes behind wide receivers he threw. but I guess, yeah. I think fair. Alex Smith is more accurate with the ball, more consistently accurate with the ball. Uh, I think he's been he's been in these situations before, right, uh, with the Niners as well as, uh, and, and I think Alex Smith is a guy that needs a great defense. When when the Niners had their great defense, Alex Smith was able to take them all the way there, right. He took them to the NFC Championship game, and then the next year he got knocked out, and they were rolling. And then Colin Kaepernick took him with that same defense and that same pl- uh, game plan that the Jaguars have. He took him to the Super Bowl. So I think uh, Blake. I, I, to be honest, I believe Blake Blake can play. It's just. He, so, if he gets hot like he did in the playoffs, oh, you can make a run. You can beat anybody. But if he's cold, you just don't know. I think Alex Smith is more consistent. Don't you think um, that Bortles was a little bit I, – I don't want to make it – you know, there are a couple of plays. That's what you do for the entire offseason, if not for the next uh, two decades, if you're a fan and maybe a player, is – those games, those playoff games, when you're that close to a Super Bowl, you obsess over every missed play, every little thing. The Everybody talked about the P.I.s, the back-to-back, the head-to-head on Gronk, and then the Bouye play after that. We did a deep dive on all that stuff with Willie McGinnis, by the way, last week. Go back and find that podcast. He was really, uh, really great on that stuff. But the one to me is, why didn't Leonard Fournette, Alex, I mean, it seems to me that Blake Bortles dropped a dime on oh, that deep ball yeah, up the left sideline. Yeah, yeah, he what, should. Did Leonard Fournette, is he just not accustomed to playing receiver? That that I mean, if he sticks his hands out, he well, would have hit the, him at I least. I think the ball was a, a little inside. You know, the play that really got me was, and I, and I hate I hate it because certain plays, when it's in the ref's hands, certain plays they let go and certain they don't. The Miles Jack fumble. Where he strips him and he gets up and he I starts running. There's no one there. He's going to score. But they blew him down. They blew the whistle as if he was down. You have to let that play go. And and that's that. That's the only thing that if I was going to complain about, it'd be that play. Because I felt like if he would have scored on that play, it would have been 27 to something. And I felt like the Jags, would they'd have had a three-touchdown lead or a three-score lead at that point. And they'd have had, it would have been a bigger chance for them. I think I, I, I'm with you. And I and I do uh, legitimately feel this way and laugh if you want. I when I'm watching a game in real time, I see when the ball. I see I, I track the yeah. ball better than I think some people do. As soon as that ball came out, I was like, "A ball's loose. That's a that's that's, that's a Jack's ball." You could I, I could see in real time. Jack has that ball there, and and he doesn't get touched. But but. It is asking a lot. The ref, the the closest official to it, and he's standing his right back, over it. His back. So, Jack, he right. didn't see the ball. He doesn't the know that yeah. the ball's loose until Jack rolls over. He's like, oh, he has the ball. Right. The whistle's already blown. And, and so There's the, nothing you could do. There. Those are what the things. I think that is the one thing that, that, that hurt me more than anything was like, uh, that was the one time. We knew that they had to score on defense to win the game. That's all. If the Jags score on defense, they'll win. And so that was a one chance they had a chance oh, to score. Oh, it would have been 27-10. The game would have been definitely over. Yeah, it was over. Point. Right. And so um, and that's, that's just that's one of the things. But, again, you know, they had a chance. They couldn't score. They couldn't get out of their ends, and they couldn't move the ball uh, late in the game. That defense for the Patriots stepped up. And then, really, in two in the two-minute mode, Blake threw a great ball. It was just a great play by Stephon Gilmore to go up and, and knock it down. 
So, Do you marvel? Do you come away from that marveling at Tom Brady, or do you feel like the Jags let one get away? I think it was a little bit of both. Uh, I think early on they, they, they did exactly what they were supposed to do, um, but then they got real complacent towards the end, right? They started playing not to lose instead of playing to win the game, and the Patriots did the total opposite, where they were playing to win the game, and, and they, were, they were throwing the ball over the yard. I mean, Amendola stepped to make some big catches. They got desperate, that's yeah, they for got, sure. They, they, got, they, they ran uh, – They don't throw the ball down like, – Yeah, they don't throw the ball down the field, and they were throwing bombs down the field, right? So, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's one of those deals where, yeah, I feel like Tom is – obviously, he's the greatest of all time. Let's put that out there. Uh, but you got a lot of defensive pass on the on the drive right before the half. You got three penalties that put you in the scoring position, right? So uh, you got to limit those. And then, really, at the end of the day, um, what hurt me more than anything, the game was over. I was fine, like I was cool. Then I went in the Jags locker room, started talking to the guys, and guys were really cry- like it, you could see guys were hurt, right? And then that made me emotional because I was like, shoot, like. These are dudes that I played with, like Mercedes and Paul Lesney and all these guys, and then Miles Jack, who I've known for a long time, and Telvin Smith and Yannick Ngakwe, all these guys that we either had the same agent or I, you know, I knew them. Uh, when you start to see those guys, it was like, man. Yeah, I feel bad for the for the long-tenured guys. I was happy to see your pal Mercedes catch that early yeah. touchdown. Yeah, Paul Pozlesny, the first thing he takes goes two minutes away. And then, you know, to give you a little insight, I was going to get like a day contract – to sign just so I can be on the roster and be inactive. Is that right? No, I'm I would, they, a, they were joking around doing about doing. It. I was like, if they do it, I, I'm all in. What a week that could have been for Maurice Jones-Drew had your Jaguars been here. What a week it would have been for uh, for me had the Pittsburgh Steelers been here. Note to those Steelers fans: I caught up uh, at media night with one James Harrison. Uh oh. Yeah, we talked. We you know we was we, he cool? Well, listen, I I wasn't going to give an inch, and neither was he. So we just held our ground and, you know, we're, we, you know, we just agreed to disagree. That's the bottom line. You can find all that stuff, though, at uh, NFL.com slash podcasts. Right, Emma VP? Pod, uh, uh, Emma VP's too bored. She got over there and is at the water cooler. No, someone knocked on the door. It's too much. It's too much for you to, 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 to listen to the show. Who's that? Who was it? Someone who had no business. Was it Alex door. Smith? He could have come in, and we could have figured it all out right now before I catch up with. I the love players. Alex Smith. It was not Alex Smith. Okay. You know what? Me and Alex Smith. I'm gonna give you all the insight. We have the same financial advisor. Oh. He has a lot more money than I do. I was just gonna ask. Way more money than I do because he has houses all over the place, all over the world. You ask him. It's like, so how many houses around the world do you have? He'll he'll tell you. He's awesome. Uh, Alex is a great right. dude. I'm gonna ask also, him when you talk to Emma Alex. VP, let's ask him how many houses he has. And then okay. also ask him, you know, he still believes in high school that his high school team could have beat mine which because it, it was him and Reggie Bush. And I was like, dude, we had 12 guys go to the pros off my high school team. Like, there's no way. But he still, you can ask him about that as well. But he's Who a, was your QB? Uh, Matt Gutierrez. He played, went to Michigan, got hurt, ended up playing behind uh, Tom for a couple years in New England then played in Kansas City as well. Uh, we also had... T.J. Ward. We also had uh, Demetrius Williams. We had uh, Kevin Simon, who played. He's a scout now. He's a. I think he may be like a VP of uh, front office guy in the Falcons organization. Eh, I'll take Alex Smith and Reggie Bush. Oh, you're um, crazy. <laughs> you're crazy. Now, so so disrespectful. So you go in the locker room. Those guys are all devastated. I hear you on that. I mean, giving up a. I I, I really I said it. In the fourth quarter, that the greatest I gotta tell co- you, though, 
after that, I go with Willie, and we go to the Patriots locker room. And I'm so messed up now because at first I was cool because I know a bunch of dudes on the Patriots, like Matt Slater, James White. James White lived with me for a while. We trained together. Hmm. Matt Slater, we were same year at college. So I wanted to go congratulate them, but I was so caught up in the emotions at the point that I couldn't even walk past the door. <laughs> I know Tom Brady. Guess what? Tom Brady's uncle was my was my uh, was my principal in high school. I know Tom, but I couldn't go in there because the way I saw how my Jaguars felt, I was like, "It's bigger than this, Maurice." Good for you. So I Good said, for you, you. "You got you got to have principle." Like it's principle. Because mm-hmm. I'd have went in there and I just went in there talking trash to him. That's what I would end up doing, and then I would, <laughs> and then they would have kicked me out. <laughs> I'd have been talking about. I love you talking stuff as they're celebrating their title. Yeah. Game. I'd have, I'd have been saying everything, so. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was, uh, you know, I said in the moment um, in the fourth quarter when Lambeau made that kick, I, I thought, well, it that's, was over. that's it. I mean, they're up 10 in the fourth quarter. Tom Brady was able to rally. I said that, uh, you know, his greatest rally, and I know Falcons fans don't like to hear this, 28-3, remarkable and everything else. But, I, you know, the Falcons kind of gave that one away a little bit. Um to me, it was rallying against the Seahawks in Super Bowl Forty Nine. That yeah. defense, you know, that mighty defense, and he and he uh, and he came back to beat them. I said, if he does this against the Jags here, down ten, even better, and and so he did. Well, the one thing, you know, um, when you look at the Jags defense, they have one issue, and it's it's really not even a because you have Jalen and you have uh, Bouye out there. The one thing that, and if you watch teams, if you put speed on Bouye. He doesn't. He he has an issue with guys that are really fast, a big issue, and so when I heard that they were going to put him on Cooks, I was like, "That's going to be an issue if Tom can find him." And and those were the pass interference penalties. The Why the didn't field. they flip that in the second half and put Ramsey? Well, on they him. Ended, they ended up doing it, uh, but they went they went playing a lot of zone in the second half. They stopped playing man because you know Gronk wasn't out there, so they felt like they could just play zone and rally up and tackle. And Tom. You know, that's the one thing against Tom. Like, you want to play man and force him to make those tight, contested throws. That third and 18 was a big one where they played cover three and he was able to throw the ball right over the middle of the field, you know. So, um, I mean, there there were some there were some some things there that obviously everyone you, – you go back hindsight's 2020, but I thought the game plan for the Jags was perfect. You what do got you think? to Tom, you had coverage. I agree, but, you know, here's the thing that's hard to reconcile. At a time when people have now moved – the argument about is Tom Brady the greatest quarterback. Now it's not just that he's the greatest football player. It's does he compare with Michael Jordan as the greatest team sport athlete of, I don't know, let's say our lives. of the I, I wouldn't last call him an years. athlete. I, I would say he's the greatest uh, sports person. Well, that's right. and Because, you know, I go back. The Jordan – uh, Brady, it's like an uh, accomplishments and everything else. I'll actually take Brady if that's what we're measuring because, as I always say, Michael Jordan got lucky that he retired for those two years and when it just so happened that the Rockets were getting to the finals because right. I think Akeem, Akeem would have eaten up their three-headed uh, Bulls monster. I think they would have uh, dashed them, and that would have put a dent into Jordan's legacy. Anyway, the the paradox is, yes, Brady is the greatest of all time. And yet, he's not as good as Aaron Rodgers is. No, it's, Aaron Rodgers is definitely a better quarterback than he, he is. He has better uh, physical attributes. I, I think that, that you know, at the end of the day, it's about winning. And and what they've done in New England, and I uh, got a chance to meet Mr. Kraft and, and you know sit down and speak with him last uh, two weeks ago. And nice fella, great. Oh, great guy. I mean, just uh, genuine. 
uh, appreciative. Like he knows this is hard what they're doing, but he, you know, uh, he was like, when I first hired Bill Belichick, he was like, I need certain resources. If I can get these resources, I, you know, will be competitive. And he's done that. And guess what? When you have an owner that's willing to do that to win, hey, it happens. Um, and you luck up and you get a guy in the sixth round that has the drive to be the best, right? Those those, those things happen. And so – and it wants it's to win. It's those three. And it's wants Brady, to, it's Kraft, and yeah, it's Belichick. But the other thing about Brady is what people fail to realize, he's not even the highest paid quarterback in the league. See, that's what helps them out so much, right? Because he's willing to say, I'll take less so that we can win more. Matthew Stafford's not going to do that, right? Drew Brees is not going to do that. Aaron Rodgers sure is not going to do that. So you have a situation where you have a quarterback that makes so much money off the field, you know, that he can take a back, you know, I don't want to say a pay cut or he's not making $30 million a year like he should be. He's making around fifteen. He gets his money though. I don't even mean from endorsements, right? Doesn't it? it Brady. He, he, is, he must get like big bonuses or something. Well, like however that. they yeah, do that, however they, they figure they, it they out. They know how to work that yeah. math. But either, yeah, I'd say. But it, but think about it though. Like you're still able to go out and spend in free agency. I don't think Peyton was doing that. No, I'm pretty Peyton, sure Peyton wasn't no, Peyton taking wasn't a, no. a dime less. No, not at all. And so you have a guy who's willing to do those things to win with a coach that's willing to do anything to win with the owner who's willing to give you whatever you want to win. And so that those three, they, they figured out a way to do it in these, what, 18 years? Uh, ten, what is it, ten Super Bowl appearances? or Not, What is it, eight Super Bowls, I think. Yeah, this is the eighth Super Bowl. That's crazy. I think Kraft has nine. Yeah, I think he owns yeah, that. Kra- yeah, yeah, he has one. With, with he has Bledsoe. one with Bledsoe. But for Tom to – for Tom and I know Pittsburgh has six six trophies. I'm and, sad, believe me, as a Steelers and, fan, I don't like. This. Well, that's what all the Steelers fans are telling us as, as Jaguars fans, like go beat the Patriots. We don't want them to get the six one. And I get it. Uh, I think the Niners have five, right? Yep. Cowboys have five. For but that's over the whole span of a franchise. This is 15 years. This is literally in. This is one guy. I know. This it's is, and that's what makes him. That's what makes for, to me the greatest of all time. And you have to respect it. Now, granted, if I played against him, I'd call him all type of like, "No, nah, you're not that good." And I like I do what Jalen Ramsey did. Like, no, I don't. It's all good. Like, you got to show oh, me that you're the greatest. I can't wait to tell. I, I I'm sorry, I forget. My head swimming with all these football matters in Super Bowl week. I've been so excited to tell you about this, Maurice. My, you know, uh, uh, baby Oprah is now yeah. 10 years old. And she's playing basketball, and she's very good. I don't know where she got this athleticism. She's the shortest girl on the team, and she's very quick. Wait a second. I wonder, were you 10 years or so ago? No. Where were you? No, I was Because uh, short and quick. Okay. All in right. Jacksonville. Your story checks out, I guess. I'm sure she's not 10. I mean, she's got a nice olive complaint. All right, anyway. But I'm just making sure. However she got there, she's got it. And then, uh, and, and then, uh, of course, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damaschek also playing eight-year-old basketball. Anywho, she uh, she really jumps out, Oprah, on the court. You really she steals the ball constantly. I mean, like, really, as soon as they come across the 10-second stripe, this little girl goes up and, boop, steals the ball. It's crazy to watch. It's right. uh, it's delightful stuff. But she is, she is just, uh, again, I don't know where she gets this, but she is just in this intrinsically delightful human being, just really – a sunny personality in the middle of of intense games as much as 10-year-old girls' games can get intense. You look over at her when the whistle blows. She's dancing. She's having fun. After the game, the double overtime game, I was asking her about it, and she said, you know, uh, you know, Daddy, uh, when the referees aren't listening 
um, I say I say to the girl on the other team, do you think you're going to make this shot? Because you're not. You're terrible. And I, and I said, what? Wait, who said that? And she said, I do that. And I said, wait, you're, you talk trash. Yeah, you, you do not strike me as a trash talker. She said, yeah, but I say it so that the referees can't hear it. I said, that's how you do it. Smart. It's perfect. Smart. She goes up to these other girls and tells them that they're terrible at basketball. I thought you would, uh, you would be in heaven with that. I am. I mean, that's, that's how you do it. It's, uh, my, it's funny. One of my boys is real quiet. My oldest one, Deuce, real quiet. Uh, but he talks trash on the field. Like, he always says something. It's always something. But it's it's, it's really not – it's like he ran a kid over uh, in rugby on Saturday, and uh, he picked the kid, like, helped him up after he scored. And it was like, oh, hey, try it better next time. You'll be fine. And I was like, son, you know, that's so nice of you. Like, where my youngest one, like, he is just wild man. But he doesn't talk trash. Like, he plays physical. He tackles guys. And he's only, what, he's six playing with eight-year-olds. He's tackling kids, throwing them <laughs> around. And then he gets up. He just walks away. Like, he doesn't, you know, he talks to his buddies. He high-fives. But it's so funny. Like, kids are different. Like, I would never have thought that my oldest one would talk trash. He's never a trash. He's never been it. But something clicked in him where he feels like he has to, you know, that makes him feel better when he can put other people down, as you should. All right. Well, I, I'd like to arrange in the off season some sort of maybe ongoing tutorial program where you could counsel her. She does. And, she and she help has. She has the it already. She's as got long the as gift, she knows right. that. As long as you can say whatever you want, as long as the refs don't hear. <laughs> and then with the this is the key. This is what I'm gonna. Te- I would teach Oprah next. I would say, baby Oprah. The, when the girl says something back to you, you have to fill up. Like, oh my God, why would you say that? So then the ref <laughs> would then get mad at the girl, right? And then you're now you're good to go. See, that's, that's the how sort you, of expertise that she needs to hone her uh, her rough uh, skills. I, I can give you a, a Bart Scott. We were we had our <laughs> issues. Uh, we're we're better now. We had our issues when we played uh, because I want to say in 2008. I had said something to Ray Lewis about being too old to play on the field with us. He should go like play with his kids. <laughs> and, and, then, and so Bart took offense to that. And uh, why did Bart Scott get offended? I don't know. Like Ray I feel Lewis. like he felt like he was his bodyguard, so he wanted. I was like, well, you can get you some too. Like it, it's no big deal to me, right? So we we're going back and forth <laughs> talking, and so he leaves and goes to to New York. And I guess he thought that I forgot. I, I, I think he thought like, you know what? This that was in Baltimore. See, for me, it's, it, it travels with you. It's like it's like uh, you can have kids in one marriage and you go to another. They're gonna go with you. That, that's baggage. Just go go with. So that's how I feel like my trash talking goes. So we're playing in New York, and uh, he came on a blitz and he tried to like run me over, and I was like, I just kind of like flipped him somehow, and I got on top of him, and it, and so I'm like have my hands on him. And I'm pushing him down so he can't get up. And he's, like, grabbing on me. And so I just dropped my knee in his chest. <laughs> and I was like, now don't move. Stay. Be a good dog. Right? <laughs> what a humiliation. <laughs> oh, yeah, you make him feel bad. And then so he's fighting, trying to get up. And I feel someone touch my back, so I let him up. And it was my boys who were, like, trying to help me, like, dog him out. And I was like... <laughs> And my boys were like, "Bro, why'd you let him up?" I was like, "I didn't, I didn't know if it was there. I didn't want no one like to like choke me out from you know." So uh, after that though, like we were not friends ever then, because then there's <laughs> film of it. I would guess not. We had uh, our equipment manager was Drew Hampton, and uh, Drew Hampton's father uh, was an equipment manager for the Jets, and he has four boys, and they were all equipment managers around the league. One was with the Browns, one was with the Jets. Well, it was the Jaguars. So whenever we played those teams, they call it the Hampton Cup. So you get to win this trophy, right? So after we beat them in New York, 
uh, I come out and I hold the trophy high like it was my newborn, <laughs> right in Bart's face, like. And then you know after that it was kind of it got personal. Then that's when Rex took it. <laughs> that's when that, that's when it got personal. Yeah. So once I brought the trophy on the field, it got it got serious. So no, so that in the league, I, I have always wondered about that. Um, so there's no you you're you have no concern talking trash at Ray Lewis. No, everybody gets it. Everybody gets it. Yeah, I mean we're on the field competing. One Ray Lewis cuts a scary figure from the outside, but then scary in who? the league. To the out to, to the world. Yeah, see, and I, then, I told you I'm from the I'm from the Bay Area. We're I know, not, but then on the inside, what's interesting on the the other side of it is with players who are from this era, from that era, they regard Ray Lewis. They hold him in the highest esteem. Yeah, he was he was one of the the greatest middle linebackers to play the game. But that doesn't mean me. Like, see, this is how I, I would always see it. I I work out in the off season hard as I can. Right. Um, I put everything that I have into these workouts because I feel like the guy that I was tra- the two guys that I was training with, they were the best at their what they were doing. So when I got a chance to go against someone else, I got a chance to see how good I was. So if I'm going to go against Ray Lewis, who is arguably the greatest middle linebacker ever, well then I it's a chance for me to be like, hey, like let me see how great I can be, right? Or if I was going against Bob Sanders or if I was going against Brian Dawkins or Sean Taylor uh, early in my career, um, I got a chance to prove that, you know, to myself, mainly, not to anyone else, that I can go out there and dominate these dudes. And so trash talking was part of my game. I just I remember playing my rookie year against Brian Dawkins and telling him, like, we have a safety from Clemson that's way better than you. And he didn't like that. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> great. He's a great – it is so funny because uh, later on down the road, uh, I want to say I was like <laughs> – such a random thing to offer. Well, yeah, because, you, you know, you just got to find ways to get people out of their game, right? And, and so uh, he he came on the sidelines, and I kind of gave him a little move. And uh, he, 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 like, grabbed me, but I broke it, and someone tackled me, and then I got up. I was like, whoa. I was like, my boy Fudge over here is way better – safety from Clemson than you are <laughs> and then he kind of we started barking a little bit and then he started getting upset he started trying to like like really try to hurt me hit me you know and I just started laughing because I knew I had him uh but then uh it <laughs> seems so like a heavy price to pay for trash talking guy giant human beings he, trying to hit you harder than they already are yeah it is what it is it's, it's part of the game uh but then this is funny though so then I I leave Jacksonville and during the free agents time I started coaching high school seven on seven and I think this is the time where uh, I think Brian just he just retired from Denver and uh he was he had a team in Colorado, so we go to Vegas every year to play in this big pylon tournament. Seven, it's like a hundred teams are out there, so his team matches up with my team. And you know, I remember, like I told you, I remember everything. So I don't know if he remembers. So I just go in assuming that he remembered what was going on. So we're going, we're going score for score, uh, and I, I started like trying to run up the score on him a little bit, and uh, <laughs> I think he caught on to it, right? And they they end up winning at the end of the they end up winning on a last second drive, but um, it was funny because he's after the game he goes you thought I forgot I was like <laughs> I no I, I was like really to be honest I, I figured you knew what I was trying to do because I'm going to compete at everything like we could be spitting and I'm going to try to spit farther than you so I tried to run the score up on them it didn't work they end up winning but it, it was fun oh I I remember the slightest of slights I would never, you have to I, I would never forget that stuff uh, like my, my my grandfather used to tell me like you can forgive people just never forget that's right it's a good lesson to the kids I, I, I 
Maybe people who are at peace in their heart and uh, and are very zen would say the other uh, the the other side of it. I can't control it. I remember it all. Yeah, you you. I feel like I feel like if you don't, it's not it's not it's like you're not being human. You're trying to be something different people, than yeah. The song "Let It Go" and all that. I can't do it. I wish I could. I, if no, I were a choice, I I, would. I'm not a big fan of Frozen after that song. To be honest with you, because I, I can't. I remember every By team. By the way, that- with that, I'm glad. I, I'm glad the this came up. Frozen. We've been watching it in the house lately. What is the message of this Elsa? MVP. I, I assume. I like Frozen. I, I'm not talking about the songs and everything. Uh, the quality of the songs, mm-hmm. whether you like them. What is what is the message with Elsa? What's the whole thing? So she's got this power. She's different. She's got a superpower essentially. Right. And then it comes out. She doesn't know how to control it. It, it makes her little sister's hair white a little bit. And so her parents go and talk. The, the, this is the movie. Her parents, they don't know what to do, so they go and talk to a troll. They go and talk to a little a, a little goblin man who says, well, this is, a, this is a great gift, but also it's dangerous. You better just keep her away from everybody. So they lock her in a room. She's a little girl. They lock her in a room, and they say, you're not allowed to see your daughter, your, your sister anymore. The little sister's confused. Why am I not allowed to talk to my older sister anymore? And they won't and then, talk to him about and it. And the sister, Elsa, doesn't answer. I feel a little bad for Elsa because it, uh, clearly yeah, she's Elsa following. internalizes everything. You know, that's why she has to let it go. What kind of parents of are these who are lost at sea? I Listen, I you know, RIP and everything. I, I hate to disparage the dead, but on the other hand, these are terrible parents. What kind of you parents know, are these? Parenting Don't is talk hard, to check. your children. I, I can't imagine a situation where I would say, hey, just never tell the, oh, the, 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 the older daughter has a, has a magic power. Well, we better not explain that to the younger kids. It's a dangerous magic power. Like that ice, it's going to hurt people. I don't know why they couldn't let the little one in on it. Why didn't they send Elsa off to learn how to use her thing? Instead, no, just be locked in a room forever. Get to be a weirdo who doesn't know how to to speak to other human beings. Uh, I mean, people that live in the cold do crazy things. That's what I'm trying to figure out, why people want to live in the cold. Maybe that's what it all comes back to. Maybe that maybe they were all affected by that ice they got in the brain. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't care for it. I got to think more about this frozen because the the message is uh, it's it's hard strange. to de- decipher. Very is- strange. Plus, they also involve a song. Also, that in uh, in in the plot, we meet this guy and they have this song about love, like for the first time in forever, and they have he this the love moose, affair right? song, the and then he turns out to be a villain. No, no, not he's the not moose a, guy. The, the actual not the villain. moose guy, the, the bad one that, guy. Like tricks Anna, the younger sister. He's but the, there's he's always you also trick me as the audience. Don't make me a song. Yeah, that, that's a, a nice but those are those business. are always those are always that always happens. That's a, that's real life though. You know the guy that normally. I mean, right, if you watch, maybe that's a good message. If you watch Ten Things I Hate About that's You, that's that's you know that's all that's in that. I watched that this weekend. A uh, couple more things real quick I want to uh, kibitz about. The Jaguars and the Titans are getting new uniforms. Maurice, you are the face, arguably, of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Perhaps, I'd say you're one of the 20 greatest Jaguars ever. 2025. Emma VP, do you agree with that? He's a top five. Oh, Top five? Top five. Yeah. Well, the Jags? Yeah. Ooh. Fred I mean, Taylor. Yeah, I always, you know, people Mark always. Brunel. Ah! I'm not saying they're ahead of you. I'm just listing who would be in in the conversation. Tony Baselli. You know what? There's a guy that a lot of people don't talk about. He was in Boston. His name is Brad Meester. Played 16 years. All with the Jags. 
How yeah, about that? That's great. He's not. He's not in the conversation. Started the though. Every year with the Jets. That's that, great. That, I mean, I feel like guys like that should be, you know, because okay. I because I left. Fred left. Mark Brunel left. Tony Baselli left. Everybody leaves. You play. We played. We had great careers there. Yes, but this guy played his whole career in Jacksonville. All I don't right, know if it was I hail 16. it. I hail it. That's great. Jalen Ramsey. Ten years from now, is regarded as the he'll be, greatest he'll, Jaguar. He'll probably, he'll probably of them all. be the greatest Jaguar ever. To uh, and and don't be surprised if Leonard Fournette, uh, depending on how long his career is, um, will go down as well. Well, we've talked too. about that. The Jaguars Yannick running. Gakway will be another one. My, those linebackers, Telvin Smith and Miles Jack. I mean, they they drafted a, a nice young core uh, who has style. Which I like. What about uh, my contention that based on what the Jaguars showed us, and for that matter, the Vikings, the Eagles, things swung back towards the defense, towards more traditional football. If you can, if you can pound the ball with Leonard Fournette, um, and if you can play dominant defense, should the Browns? Go and try to get Alex Smith or maybe Kirk Cousins and then use those high draft picks to build that defense. I'm going to tell you exactly what the game of football has always been and will always will be. It's a team game. And the more talent you have on the field, the better it is. Now, the issue when you have talent or you start to have success, if you look at the Rams, they've lost both. We just talked about it before the show. They lost both of their uh, quarterback guys. They had, obviously, McVay. Then you had LaFleur, who leaves and goes to Tennessee now. Greg Olson, who was a quarterback coach, leaves and goes to Oakland to be the OC. So, when you have success, you either have to pay guys or you have to move, elevate them to, to where they can, you know, be happy. Or they leave. And so, for me, is you have to try to acquire as much talent as possible on the team where if something does happen to your quarterback, a guy like Nick Foles can pop, hop in that, and that's go. That's what because, I'm getting at. Because those guys go – you can't put – you you like I, I remember vividly playing the Colts every year, and I and I used to – like my boys like, man, why can't y'all win a division? Peyton Manning is doing everything. Like we, we would score 30 points, he scored 31, right? And our defense was really good at the time. As soon as Peyton Manning got hurt, guess how many games they won? Well, that's Two. right. Aaron Rodgers. That's right. Aaron Rodgers. You, yeah. you bet. If the entire team is based around one guy and he's a human being, that means he is susceptible to injury, which means your whole season can go away. I. That's what I'm saying. The Browns, if they went one and four with with d- defensive studs with Miles Garrett, I don't know. Then spend I don't know to get Alex Smith I don't or know if really bring defensive studs though in this draft. Like that. I think maybe you may go get the kid from Florida State at one of those. I think you go get Saquon Barkley at one of those. To be honest yeah, with you, Bradley Chubb. Okay, yeah, maybe you yeah. get that. That's fine. I know a lot of people like Bradley Chubb, and that, that's. I think they spent enough on their defensive line already, right? You, I mean, they spent two picks two years ago on it. You went and got Miles Garrett. You got Jamie Collins. I mean, you got enough pieces defensively to get going. You got to start helping that offense out. You got to start putting some right. weapons around your quarterback. You really like the idea of Barkley that high in a in Oh, a my psych- God. He's the number one player in the draft. You, why you why agree, wouldn't you? You agree with Jeremiah that he's going to be better than the guys that have come out in the last it three, It depends on where years. he goes. It's, it's all it's – all, it's all, Ezekiel Elliott is really good because guess what? He went to Dallas. <clears throat> I think if he was in Cleveland, he'd be. it would be a little bit different. But Cleveland now, they're going to – hopefully Joe Thomas comes back that have that, that offensive line kind of comes together again because they, they have a really good offensive line. Um, if it comes together, I think you put Barkley in there. Now you have an explosive player, and then you can go and get a Luke Folk, a Luke Falk, or yeah. maybe you can you can use one of those second round picks to jump back up into the first round and go get another quarterback. I mean, 
Uh, it, it just depends on what – or you can go quarterback one for Berkeley, whatever you want to do. Because I, I feel like the first two picks again this year are going to be quarterbacks. That's what I feel like. All right. We haven't really talked about the Eagles and Patriots here, but that's fine. I really don't mind that because, like I say, that's what everyone and their mother is doing this week. So we zig when everyone else is zagging out there. By the way, I th- oh, speaking of trash talk, I told Timmy Jernigan at media night, I played a fun game with him, and I said, uh, how do you respond to Tom Brady uh, saying that uh, if the Eagles were in the AFC, that uh, you guys would have finished in last place? <laughs> I bet you his face was just he like – got- he got confused, bemused, and angry for about three seconds. And I was like, okay, well, he didn't say that. But what if he did say it? <laughs> he was like, Tom's lucky he didn't say that. That's what he well, said. That's, and that's real quick about that game. And the one thing that the Jags didn't do well, interior pressure. Yeah, right. Calais Campbell, we were expecting him to dominate. He played well. but well, he, he got hurt. He got hurt, yeah. So he didn't really – dominate like we expected. And then Marcel Darius had a couple plays. Malik Jackson didn't really play the way, you know, we – and so that that's the issue. But that's the pressure you get from the Eagles. Mm-hmm. They get interior pressure over and over and over again. And, and that's – you know, Chris Long does a great job coming on the edge. So does uh, Brandon Graham and, and – and, uh, But Fletcher Cox is the, the, the destroyer. Fletcher there. I think Cox he gets and Timmy big. Jernigan – they go crazy. And then let's not forget, they have their first-round pick who they booed. The Eagles right. booed Remember at that? the draft. And we, I was like, hold on. You shouldn't boo him. This kid is good. Who did they want? I don't remember what they I think, were. I don't know who they wanted. I think they wanted somebody. He, I don't know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked to him. He's the delightful. We talked yeah, to him on draft. Barnett. He's, he's a really good. He's a, he was, they said, arguably the greatest pass rusher in that draft. And so – He's come in and made some timely sacks as well. So that defense has done a great job. I I, I mean, the the key is if Gronk is going to play, right, because he still hasn't cleared. He's going to play. He still hasn't cleared concussion protocol. I know. They also – that also is a good excuse to keep him out of media night to say that he's still not cleared. I suspect that – uh, on, by Wednesday, it will magically be announced that he has now cleared. He's been practicing full for a couple of days. Um. The uh, but Chris Long also I said will you feel bad if you sack Tom Brady will you apologize for doing that to him he touching said, greatness yeah he said no he said no he shouldn't <laughs> I, I, this well, is the, I, I tell people this all the time I said how crazy would it be to have Legarrette Blunt and Chris Long you know everything about the Patriots right now everything right I mean Legarrette Blunt's been that system what six years five six years you have Chris Long who went there last year knows how to you know. Like, you the Eagles have the in the upper hand. So are you? So all right, let's leave it there. Are you gonna pick them? No. Yeah. I can't as much as much as I, you know, to be honest, I'm not gonna pick them because the Philly fans have been so rude to me on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Facebook. They've just been rude, hmm. and and it's because of them that I'm gonna pick the Patriots. I'm sorry. Like I, I just I'm I'm, I'm petty. See what you've done, Eagles fans. Yeah. And I, I was so you know, Eagles fans are rougher than Patriots fans on on no, uh, social media. Patriots fans are. The, I don't. I mean, they're, I was, the, they're the world champs. Of I was uh, in Boston being salty. I was, but they weren't. They like I never really picked against them. I mean, I picked the Titans against them because everyone picked the the, the Patriots. So I was like, guys, like we can't just clean sweep them because then that's when mm-hmm. the Titans normally win. And I wanted the Jags to beat the Patriots, so. It happened. It didn't happen, but they were cool in Foxborough. Like they're like, "Hey, man, good job!" Like, 
you know, we got Deion Lewis because he was similar to what you were doing. And, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. You know, that was cool. But the Eagles fans are just downright nasty. Wait, because they got that? mad the at me. The organization said that to you or the fans? But Yeah, both. Oh, really? Yeah, it was nice. Huh, it, was, it was a great – Look you know, at that, Marie But I told him, I said, I said that's, that's, that's awesome, but I, I got to go with the Jags. You're so you a pigskin celebrity. I've seen it many times over. The, the, oh. the esteem that your peers and football, the football community is remarkable. Maurice, people will run over to him. They'll stop what they're doing. To, is, I, I, I literally – on feet on the field at Super Bowls pass, people run off the field. Devontae Freeman, like, hey, oh, hey, it's Maria. Hey, MJD, come over to those hug are, Those are my Tevin Coleman, like, what are you doing? The Super Bowl's about to start. You should not be glad handing with Maurice over here. You know, Talk to him after the game, you well, crazy I, guys. I felt like I gave him a little juice there in the first half, and then I should have talked to him <laughs> after at halftime, so they could have got the kept the juice going. Last thing is this: Where can are you available in the off season? We need to go. With this new uniform business, I mean, we can't afford the another Jags, mistake. But the Jags, you, I somebody showed me. Uh, let me. I, I gotta find it on Instagram. You know the cons. Let's get in touch with Tony. I, I, I mean, I'm cool with them. You know, I try to give them their space. I get it, you but let's I mean? make sure that they get it right this time. Here, let me see. Someone showed me. They look pretty fresh. Oh, you've already seen them. Uh, there's a guy on Twitter, Jags Center. He he has all their stuff. All Let right. me see if I, I don't know. I want. I, I'd like to. I don't know if we have to go to Nike, or if we have to go to to the Jags, or what we have to do. But I want to oversee this process. It's enough already. Too many mistakes being made in the last decade with the Buccaneers and the Browns. The and- Buccaneers should have kept the cream sickles. Those those are the okay. best uniforms. Okay. I mean, you know, you know. Sometimes I feel like sometimes you can't let the people persuade you. Right, because they were so bad in the cream sickles. People were like, "Oh, it's the no." It wasn't. It wasn't the uniform that was bad. It was the people playing. The people that was wearing it were bad. That's what happens. <laughs> that's that's how it works. And and I think the Jags winning and what they did, I, I like them to keep it. Uh, I like the helmets. No, no, we dodged a bullet as a nation not having that that hideous uh, two tone helmet in the Super Bowl. You're crazy. I Shaq. wouldn't want that. Shaq, I would live You don't forever. want that. You don't want that because of what they did to that that don't, Steeler Nation that's helmet. Silly. Now you're trying they to talk not, stuff. Uh, that's you, know, you Emma, trying to talk Emma, trash, and it means they were, nothing to me. It, it's because it's happened again. History repeated itself. Go eat, go eat some helmet, uh, ravioli at the top of no, Waikiki. I'll, I'll never go. I'm I'm never I'm never going back to that. That's place gonna again. be my new thing to Maurice from now on. When I'm angry with them, go eat some ravioli in Waikiki for all I care. I refuse to do it. I'd rather eat Popeyes. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm going vegan again, so. Oh, good for you. I, well, I had to because I was traveling. Like, people don't understand how hard it is to, like, you literally eat lettuce. If you, if, if, like, that's it. Just lettuce with nothing on it, you know? Uh, and I was in the South. Remember, I was in Jacksonville. Yeah. Then, like, it's not a lot of Everything's vegan fried. places in, yeah, in the South. So, that, that was pretty tough. But um, it was, it was I enjoyed it. Like, I, I enjoyed the, the whole vegan process. I did it for four months. It was nice. And. Lost a lot of weight, and I'm going to go back and do it after the Super Bowl, get some time off, and get ready to work. But, you know, last thing I have to say. All right. Um, and I've I've kept this deep down inside Uh-oh. for the last couple of weeks. Uh-oh. I haven't said much, and I, I don't want to get in trouble. But, Uh-oh. you know, Patriots fans turn on each other. Oh. Oh yeah. So, what do you mean? Oh, in the in the stadium when the Jags jumped up on them, it was fourteen to three, and they were about to go up twenty to twenty one to three before they called that phantom delay a game that they let the whole play run and then they stopped. Then they were like, "Oh, flag delay a game," which is crazy. Um, yeah, that is. I I will say I'm with you. I'm not trying ironic. to be a conspiracy theorist. It was ironic, but that was weird. You don't usually see if it's a delay a game, they would whistle it down. Yeah, they whistle it down. But 
I was in the in uh, the DraftKings bar in the stadium because that's where I like to go. Like that's I feel All like right. you watch the game. Like I can watch it in the stands and that's cool. But I wanted to be amongst the people. You're a human being. I wanted to be amongst the people. So I'm sitting in the corner, you know, and I'm watching the game and. Uh, <laughs> All I hear is, this is ridiculous. And just then these two Pages fans start yelling at each other. And they start pushing each other about to fight. Oh, no. And I'm sitting there like, this is unruly. This is not what the Nat, this is not what the world champion no. Patriots are all about. No, spoiled. Oh. Well, you know what, though? I say that all the time, and we saw it again. And it happened in Pittsburgh, too. You st- Yeah. It happens in Pittsburgh, Home too. Home field advantage becomes disadvantageous if the if road don't team start takes the lead. That's if you don't exactly start fast. Right. In Pittsburgh, it was it got Do a little crazy too. You know too. what? I should ask somebody who was on the scene here. Uh, I I hate the you know I I don't live in my fears and I don't live life in the rearview mirror. Yes, you should. Uh, however, the one thing people haven't really talked about because in years past it was a big story for some postseasons. Do you think the Steelers made a mistake sitting Roethlisberger and company in Week Seventeen? No, you don't think they, they, were didn't, they sit, came out? They flat? were going to sit anyways. I know they so had the it was bye an week. Extra week. I know. Yeah, but so I that mean, was enough. Wanna... They could have rested for two weeks. Enough. Why? Why they need three weeks? What, man? Listen, they rested for two weeks. You all rested right. Week Seventeen. They actually practiced all week. They just didn't play in the game, and then they they the, the wild card week and they rested. They had nothing to do with That's what happened. Weeks. It was just, it was all just right. a well, they came out a little flat. That first pass with that uh, Jack picked off, great play, but also a terrible ball from seven. That was his- Listen, it was it's the Jaguars matchup. Will they always have? They always will. You can ask anyone in the Pittsburgh organization. I get Jacksonville it. is I'm, built. I'm, 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 you act like I'm not. But the, the, uh, by the way, a lot of people are giving me this business like, oh, you, you, they shocked you. No, they didn't no, shock no, me. They, One thing no, they we talked about it before. A, you said like surprise. They beat they you won. by three touchdowns, and, and the guy didn't throw a touchdown pass. Yeah, I just, all right. I, but I, I, I do think that was interesting, that maybe if they, I don't know, seven wasn't exactly uh, uh, hit he threw not all five touchdowns. As he got, yeah, as he warmed up, yeah. I loved his uh, love his lateral drive. All, the, all that stuff, and, and, it, and, it didn't, and it didn't matter. I know, it's sad. All right, what isn't sad is uh, getting to talk with Maurice Jones-Drew. The only sorrow I have is that I'm going to bring it to an end now, and I'm going to go and talk to number 11. Tell Currently, him I said hello. I, you know what? Please. I'm going to talk to him about houses. And I'm going to talk to him about the Jacksonville Jaguars. In talk to him about De La Salle. He went to Helix High School. If you say Helix High School, he's going to look at you like you're sideways. All right. I'm going to bring up Helix to him. Yeah, Helix. And I'm going to bring up 16-0 in 2018, according to Jags. Maurice Jones-Drew. With the Jags. I bet he'll like the sound of that. He'll be like, well, I should do Just that. Just tell about. him I need like 3%. Okay. That's all. Done and done. Thanks, Maurice. I'm looking forward to uh, spending some time with you and the good people of at least one – Perhaps both of the Twin Cities as the week unfolds. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to St. Paul to get my hair cut today. Why? Because that's where the barber that Stefan digs. I'm dropping names now. Oh. I had to call the, I had to call the mayor of the city. Like, yo, where, where can I get my hair cut? He goes, oh, no, I got a guy for you in St. Paul. So that's where we'll be uh, early, later on tonight going to uh, get a haircut. I'd lo- By the way, all right, one more thing. Do you think, since you're, you brought up Diggs, this is my question this week, just uh, emotionally for fans, for Stephon Diggs, for the Vikings uh, at large, do you think that they would have been better off to just not have done that, the the magic play? Because then it because uh, then it extends the season, they go to Philadelphia, now you're starting to think, if you're a fan or a player, 60 minutes away from a home game in the Super Bowl. That had nothing to do with that. May, no, I'm just – no, no, I'm not saying they were distracted. Do you think if you Oh, they could, were distracted. You I know. You know what they but, were distracted by? What? 
they every I heard this is what I heard. I don't know if it was true or not, but every question that that week, that week leading up to Philly was about that one play at the end of the game. So they could never get past it. And then you go into Philly, you haven't gotten past that one play. But if but but, but I just mean uh, broader than that. If they just they lose, all right. The uh, the Saints came in there and they beat them, and that was that. And season over is a good thing, and we'll uh, you know uh, be better going forward, kind of thing. If you don't have now, the heartache will live with you forever. We missed them. Oh, we would have just won no. that game. We but it wasn't. Been. But it, if it was a close game, I think that was the heartache. They got blown out. In the words of Emmitt Smith, they got blowed out, and it wasn't <laughs> close. So uh, I, I just feel like they they had a really good season. They overcame a lot. Right with all the different injuries, Case Keenum playing lights out, all those different things. Um, yeah, but now they have to walk around the streets and see the Eagles fans, and how sick that would make you. And know the Eagles are in your locker room. No, they got a different locker. Room. Oh, they're in a different. They, locker. they got different. Locker I told rooms some Patriots guys at media night that they should leave notes in the locker for the Vikings, so when they come in in September, it's like, hey. Brian Hoyer here. Welcome back to football season. You know, hope you're well. You Your stop. pal, Brian. That kind of thing. Wouldn't that be nice? No. Don't, right. don't leave me anything in my locker. All right. I'm going to leave some raviolis. Um, all right. There he is. Maurice Jones drew everybody. Now to Alex Smith. Dave And just like that, with a magic snap of the fingers, we go from our conference room to the Mall of America. Alex Smith is on his way. Real quick, though, let me tell you that today's show comes to you from an innovative shampoo, Control GX. It's the first gray-reducing shampoo from Just For Men. As you know, Just For Men helps men look their best so you can celebrate who you are and you can achieve what you need to achieve with a nice mane of, uh, of ungray hair. That's uh, that's uh, the ticket there. And speaking of that, Damashek needs to apply some ASA AMP. I might go around Mall of America and land some of that uh, as soon as uh, we're finished with Alex Smith here. Get 25% off Control GX using the code DAVE at controlgx.com. That's DAVE, D-A-V-E, if you're a bad speller or don't know anything. To get 25% off Control GX at Control GX, Dot com shampoo in rinse out move on it's that easy go get it controlgx.com dave dave well as promised here he is everybody number 11 in red always in red i've got a lot of red i've mentioned that to you before as a matter of fact from utah yep. to the 49ers yep. to yep. the and then we watch in the pro bowl red, red jersey red. We got to figure this out for 2018. It's Alex Smith, everybody. What's happening? What's going on? Well, there's a Super Bowl upcoming. Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it's the Eagles and it's the Patriots. Gotcha. Now, way back when, we'll dig in on that in a little bit, um, but it does feel like about 17 and a half years ago that the Chiefs went into Foxborough and shocked the world. Yes. Now, where that started, a couple of days before that game was played, uh-huh. one Maurice Jones drew shocked the world and said, you know what's going to happen? The Chiefs are going to go into Did he Foxborough. call it? He did. Did he call it? He Good did. For he was him. The, he's the only human being. The I, only one. Every, I mean, they were going undefeated at that point. That's still, right. right. I mean, everybody was. You guys, you in the locker room, you guys were like, oh, I mean, look, realistically, we're not going to win this game, right? <laughs> uh, it was a big opener. I, I certainly, uh, you know, be up on the road, the defending Super Bowl champs, all the hype they had. 
yeah, it was a big test. Big test for us. Yeah, the the road team in that kickoff game almost never wins. Yeah. You really, yeah. uh, you know, I didn't uh, know that really. History. All right. Almost good never. to know. Yeah. Um, but speaking of Maurice Jones-Drew, he had a couple of things he wanted me to talk to you yeah. about. First of all, I don't know if you've heard, but there's a chance you could move around uh, pro football between now <laughs> really? and the start of 2018. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there's a chance. Yeah, I don't I gotcha. know what's going to be. I, gotcha. I don't know. But let's talk about that. I asked Maurice, what if Alex Smith put on the uh, that that gross uh, turquoise jersey of uh, or teal or whatever you call it of the Jaguars? You know what he said? What he said? Sixteen and zero, and he <laughs> means it. What do you think of that? Yeah. Um, it's a bold statement, bold prediction. Uh, sure, sure, whatever. You're in for that. It's a lot oh, of pressure. You gotta go up, sixteen and zero to that. do it. Oh, am I, co- am I co-signing his prediction? I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I want to go that far. Um, well, Maurice also, it wasn't all uh, sunshine okay. and, uh, and rainbows where you're concerned. Okay. He was uh, quite cross that you apparently once suggested that Helix High could defeat uh, yeah. De La Salle. I very much wanted that opportunity in high school. Very much. All these, these De La Salle guys, they think, you know, they walk on water, you know. And, uh, but, yeah, they were, I mean, they had the streak going back when I was in high school, whatever it was, 100 and something games. And, um we weren't too bad either. We had this little running back named Reggie Bush that was pretty good. So, yeah, but that was our – we would have loved that opportunity to play De La Salle, but never got it. I can't imagine. You guys must have just wrecked I, – I, I'm always fascinated by how high-end pro football players must have just oh, – did you win every game 382 to zero? We won a lot, and we won by a lot, yeah. I didn't play a lot of second halves. A lot of just standing around uh, – yeah, a lot of handing off. I was really good at handing off in high school. Uh, but, yeah, we were, we were pretty good. We would have loved to, loved to have uh, had that chance to play those guys, but you'll never know. Do you consider yourself sort of the godfather of what happened, uh, as a matter of fact, with Kaepernick and uh, the, the infusion of yeah. whatever you want to call it, spread option, whatever yeah. you want to call it? Yeah. Do you kind of feel like maybe history – I mean, I, I think some people give you credit for it, but I don't feel like people – are, are as tuned in as they should be. I mean, I remember, I'm a, I'm a Pitt uh, football yeah, fan. Okay, I remember right, when you, right, when yeah. you ruined, you shamed us <laughs> okay. in the bowl game, and that really yeah. was like, hey, maybe the Big Five isn't everything yeah. in college football. Yeah, and then, I mean, the crazy thing, too, is just that it first got drafted, right, coming from that world, the spread option and, and then shotgun and, and all over the place and doing all the run pass stuff. Uh, when I first got into the NFL, though, it was still this huge stigma, right? Like, oh, he's just this spread guy. We don't know if he can learn a pro offense or play in a pro system. Um, you know, and you, that stuff could never work at the pro level. And now, you know, to, to see it kind of transition in the NFL and it slowly started to creep in. And now teams kind of living in that world, right? I mean, and uh, certainly we, we did a lot of that uh, in Kansas City. So, and, and loving it, right? And, and, and uh uh, especially a lot of these quarterbacks that have different strengths and can do a lot of different things. Why wouldn't you do all this stuff with them? So it's been fun to watch that creep in as well. Not only just have the success it has at the college ranks, but to see it come into the NFL uh, has been fun. And to be a part of it, uh, even more fun, because I really enjoy doing all that stuff. It really, I, I, And, you know, really, as a, as a fan, I find stylistic differences in offenses. You know, it was... 15, 20 years ago, the pleasure of college football yeah, was, yeah. you know, triple option here. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's all spread in college, yeah, yeah. and it's the NFL that has more diversity, right? Yes. Yeah. And so, to, and, and I think it's it's been fun to watch 
I think these coaches tailor a lot of these offenses to guys' strength, right? How does what does your quarterback do well? Mm-hmm. What are the pieces around him? What are the things they do well? So yeah, you get a lot of diversity um, across the league because there's guys with unique unique strengths. And so certainly for us, uh, when you got guys like Tyreek Hill and, and Travis Kelsey and Kareem, and, and uh, you know it's fun to do a lot of uh, crazy stuff with them. Do you feel like? 2017, I've been saying for about a mu- uh, about three weeks now, all of a sudden I've had an epiphany. After 15 years in the 21st century of you must have a quarterback who has the uh, vowel that starts with an E in front of quarterback. You know, the elite is what I'm right, going right. for there. But all of a sudden I feel like, you know, Eagles, Vikings, uh, uh, Jags, and so on, it's if you can dominate defensively, that maybe you don't need a court. I, I, I feel I've been duped now, t- telling everybody you got to have Brady or you got to have Roethlisberger to win the big game. But all of a sudden now, maybe I, I feel like maybe the Browns should just use those first two picks on uh, on defensive players and and go from there and yeah, go get Alex I, Smith I mean, to I, lead the way. To be honest, I don't think there's um, I don't think you can have either, right? I mean, I think these teams were, yeah, they have an elite quarterback. Their rosters, though, top to bottom, are really good, right? They're really good on all three phases, offense, defense, special team. No, but nobody's playing this late in the year if they don't have a really good 53-man roster, right? You can't have you can't have one guy. To, you can't have one receiver. You need you need four or five receivers, right? They all have to be capable. Uh, you, you can't just have a couple of linemen. You've got to have a bunch, right, because injuries happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the Eagles. I mean, to lose Jason Peters and to have the depth they have, that, that kid step in at left tackle and just play the way it he does. It is one of the most I mean, it's, undercover it's, stories it's of the crazy, year. It's crazy, right? Really. And then to, you, you, a lot of times you may need a capable backup. And, and to have Wentz have the year he did and then, you know, to, to have Nick step in and play the way he has, right? Uh, you just look at these rosters top to bottom, I think, that, that play this late in the year. And, and, and you better be – you better have depth, right? You better be, you better be good all the way through. Um, I don't think you can just rely on, on a couple guys – Certainly, I don't think any quarterback's good by himself, right? He's got to have pieces around him, so. The trajectory of Nick Foles has sort of been, I mean, different guys have different careers. I think the assumption is in the 21st century, if we are using a high first-round pick on a quarterback, you better hit the ground running figuratively more than literally. Um, And... You know, I don't know if you heard, but that's the story about you is is that you really soared a little later. Yeah, yeah. And do you is does a guy like Case Keenum or or, or maybe even um, Jared Goff after uh, after a sluggish yeah, yeah. first? Do, do those guys reach out to you and and do you provide counsel to those guys who aren't overnight smash successes? I mean, you have different relationships with different guys. Certainly, uh, for whatever reason, yeah. Jared, Jared, and I have been linked up. Uh, from the start, so certainly a guy that, yeah, here and there I talk to, whether it be on the phone or see him in person, and, and certainly, yeah, if there's some similarities uh, in, in, in our rookie seasons, yeah, you just try to talk to him. Certainly I was pumped to see uh, his opportunity this year and how well he did. Uh, but, yeah, I think guys talk, and uh, when we do meet up, it's a small world, the quarterback world. Um, so certainly, yeah, you do kind of share your stories for guys, at least when you're not playing each other, yeah. Well, listen, it's Super Bowl week. I'm obligated to talk about it. Like I say, 17 and a half years ago, you yeah. went into Foxborough and yep. vanquished yep. them. What, if any, what what specifically, I mean, it, it, it seemed like you attacked them downfield yeah. yeah. and banged them on the ground. Do, do, you, do you feel like that's something that 
Peterson and company can kind of look at and, and, and glean something from four months later? I think so. Yeah, a little bit. I'm sure they'll look at that tape. Obviously, it was a long time ago. Uh, you know, teams change over the course of the season. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, a lot of similarities as I watch the Eagles offense. There certainly are things that, you know, a lot of similarities to what, to what we did this year. So um, I think both sides will look at that. But at this point, they're all good, right? I mean, these teams are both really, really good. Going to come down to small details. Um, but then, and then you have two weeks to prepare, right? So who, uh, do you have time to switch things up? Are you going to do something crazy, change things? So who knows? Um, you have been in the MVP conversation for the majority of 2017. Okay. People were, I mean, you yeah. were, you were the runaway. Yeah. You were gonna, yeah. you were gonna yeah. definitely get it. Yeah. And then, and there was a little swoon, but, and then, and then you rose back yeah, up yeah. towards it. Who is your vote? And fe- listen, don't feel like you have to be modest here. If you want to say Alex Smith is the 2017 MVP, that's so not, not my style. You can uh, do it. Not my style. Uh, yeah, I mean, tough vote. I mean. You know, Wentz was having such a big year, uh, you know, and, and we got to watch a lot of their tape. Uh, there were a lot of a lot of carryover there. And so, um, man, he, he was impressive to watch for a second-year guy, the stuff he was doing, plays he was making, uh, not just with his arm but feet as well. He was fun to watch. Certainly, I think, uh, deserved to be in the conversation. Uh, I hate saying it. <laughs> not, that I, not that I don't like him, but he's just in it every year. But, but Tom... Uh, you know, certainly deserves to be there. Just the, the year he consistently has uh, this year being there, too. I think, and they carried a lot of the load offensively. They've gotten a lot of shootouts mm-hmm. <clears throat> and won a lot of games that way. And, uh, you know, to see him just week in, week out, play the way he does uh, is, is, uh, is, is unique. You know, he's been doing it a long time. Um, so he, he certainly deserves to be in it as well. Well, since you since you were wondering, uh, my vote goes to Antonio Brown. All right, I mean, yeah, I like it. I mean, I like because it, it wasn't He's just special. the prolific numbers. It yeah. was at, like you saw in Arrowhead. Just yeah. it was the moments at yeah. which he was making those big plays. Right at that, you guys were in the midst of a furious rally, and, sure. uh, and he overcame. You just don't see receivers get it very often. But you know, I contend that the Heisman Trophy, even if you don't like college football, you know what the Heisman looks like yes. because of the iconic trophy. Yes, Stanley Cup. You don't have to like hockey, but the MVP trophy of, of, of our most beloved sport. No one could tell you what it looks like or who's won it. Because I could it, not tell you what it looks that's like. That's right. Let's fix that. Who should it be named after and what would the pose be? Oh, you want to name it after Let's somebody? Let's name it. Though. You, you've seen the Sweetness Award, the Man of the Year Award in that yeah, tape. That's awesome. an awesome, awesome. thing. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, certainly you got to go to the, some of the greatest players of all time, right? And I mean, you'd have to get a lot of guys in that same room, but... Jim Brown, Jerry Rice, I don't know, Joe Montana. I mean, who are you going to Maybe like three of them, like all right. Yeah, I, that I could know. be something. I like I, I like that. I didn't notice I didn't name any defensive guys. No, you, you didn't. Know? No. So. And again, still with the modesty. You didn't name yeah, yourself yeah, on the trophy. Yeah. That'd be nice. <laughs> um, what's your favorite uh, store in the mall? I've never been here. No, I mean, no mall, any mall, you know, any mall. mall. Malls all have the same thing. Uh, do they? Or- Orange Julius? Yeah. That's nice. Is that, is you that, get that, you were, is that what you were looking for? Yeah, I mean, and you just go straight <laughs> orange juice? Or do you have like a little strawberry cream smooth, mixed cream in? Or, yeah, I've it's been, nice. Some protein powder, perhaps? Not a big mall guy. No, you don't go no. mall. All right. What, I, you know what I know Give you it. do. What, Can I tell you one more thing that Maurice that? told me? What's that? He said yeah, that you fancy uh, having houses. He said how to, to name all your houses. You have a lot of houses. Did he? I don't. You what? I don't. He I don't said you. Oh, I, I, oh he has houses all over the place. He'll tell you all about them. I don't. No. 
That's that was just all made up stuff. Probably. That's embarrassing. All right, let's move on then. Tell us about uh, what's going on with FedEx. Yeah, uh, well, along with the guys I just named, I'm a finalist for the Air FedEx Air Player of the Year with uh, with Carson Wentz and Tom Brady as well. So uh, FedEx is gonna. I think the winner's gonna announce later this week, and FedEx is gonna write a check for fifty thousand dollars in the winner's name to the USO, and uh, they've been partnering with the USO, and they send care packages, and this time of year they send football care packages to all the servicemen and women all over the world um, to kind of keep them connected to home uh, this time of year, connected to football. And so uh, cool to be a part of, uh, humbled to be a finalist, um, but obviously all very grateful for the country we live in and the freedoms that we have and uh, thankful for our servicemen and women. So uh, pumped to be connected with it. Uh, fans can actually go vote out there. I think it's NFL.com backslash FedEx. So I, I would love to have that check be for me. So, See, there you yeah, go. There yeah. you go, Tiger. See, promote you. Yeah, there you go. You deserve it. No, that is uh, a great cause. No better cause than that, of course. Um, well, enjoy the game. Are you going to be in the stadium? I'm not going to be in the stadium, no. No, you're going to No, I'll be at home. All right. Do you have yeah. a rooting better interest? View. Yeah, the Eagles. Are you kidding? Doug Peterson, Nick Foles. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I would love a good game, first of all, though. I think we're all rooting for that, but definitely uh, pulling for those guys. I, You know what? This game will be fun, but I, I suspect – this year's quarterback market, this offseason, is going to be the most fascinating one yet with you figuring prominently into that. A lot of gotcha. interesting yeah, spots. Yeah. I, I think 10 – by the way, there's a giant shark right behind you. You want to see that? Take a look at that. That's see? great. That's great. See, that's what I see. Now you're going to be a mall yeah, guy. Yeah. Now, you, now you realize yeah. what you've been missing all these years, yeah. not hanging around malls. Um, I think that – as, as many as 10 or 11 teams can change their starting quarterback from 2017 to 2018. I think it's going to be... That's where you're going with. I, I'm, right, going, we'll I'm going 10. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but best wishes to you. Thank you. I appreciate uh, that. KC and beyond. And uh, thanks for the great work you're yeah, doing. Thanks, and, uh, yeah, thanks, Dave. Yeah. A pleasure. It, man. And Thank sorry you. about that whole house thing. Yeah. You know? But you know what? Maybe get a few. Yeah. That'd be nice. Get one in... Uh... I'm working on it. Okay. There he is, everybody. Number 11, Alex Smith. How? <laughs> That's Dave Damashek. All right, that's it. Back in the hotel room just to say farewell, and we'll be back in a couple of days. What's happening Super Bowl week here, Emma VP? Who do we have uh, later in the week? So on Thursday, we'll do a pod with Money, Cynthia, Hope, and Willie McGinnis. And we're interviewing Travis Kelsey on Friday, so it's just a Chiefs. Chiefs experience here for the DDFP. A banner uh, a banner show to be sure, but uh, I know already this was a good one thanks to Maurice and Alex Smith. All right, we'll talk to you later in the week from one of the two Twin Cities. Until then. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.